0: So we have a responsibility. There's a window. There's an alarm. When you begin to think a thought, if you begin to think a thought that's negative about another person, if you begin to think a thought that's negative about yourself, ding, 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 (laughs) let the alarms go off. There's an alarm. Be a watchman. You know, there's a word that says, I don't know where it is in the scriptures, but it says, be sober. Watch and pray. You know, and I've done a lot of praying. I'd be like, oh, God, why is this happening? They don't know me. They don't understand me. Nobody understands what I've been through. God, I'm all by myself. (laughs) And the Lord said, be sober. I'd be in a total drunken stupor of pity. (laughs) Total, total. And Jesus is there all along. He's been there all along. He was there all the time. But my little mind was going down a tunnel. But he was there, ready to, to deliver me, pick me up, hold me. One time I had a vision, and... Um, had the Lord show me this, I was uh, when I was real little, uh, I guess I was about five, I lived in the projects. And I didn't have any toys, but I had found a popsicle stick and I made a little boat playing in a mud puddle. And so I had a, a, this awesome, wonderful imagination. I mean, I really would love it. But there was something inside of me that was hurting and the Lord gave me a vision where I saw myself at five years old. And me and Jesus, I was grown, and Jesus was here. And I went to, me and Jesus walked up to her together, and I introduced myself. I said, hey, Zenny, this is Zenny. I'm Zenny." And I picked her up, and I held her in my arms, and I told her that I loved her. And the other thing I told her was, you're going to be all right. And so somewhere in myself, somewhere deep inside, I needed somebody to tell me in my life that I was going to be all right. And I didn't know that. So the Lord, and he was just there. And like the word said, there's a scripture that says, physician, heal thyself. So Jesus was there and he instructed me what to do to heal a piece of me a little part of me that was tucked away in a room that never felt like I was going to be all right. So the Lord heals us through different visions. But when we cry out to him, we meditate on his word, we ask him to search it out, he will go to the place that needs to be healed. He will open the doors, unlock the doors. You see, you're not just who you are now. You are the five-year-old little girl or you're the baby. You're the one that somewhere might have got left behind or wasn't chosen for the team. There's something, or you went through some abuse, or you were picked on. You are the one that's still in existence, that that never got healed, that never got dealt with. It just got stuffed somewhere back there. And then on top of it, we get all this negative thinking And it's the other part of the equation is is that while we never processed it, we never dealt with it, that pattern of thinking, that pattern of hurt, that pattern of being a victim has continued on in our life. It's continued to be fed. We've continued to attract the wrong circumstances, the wrong people into our life that have over and over and over continued to feed this thing amen but the Lord Jesus says it's time for you to be whole it's time for you to be healed and part of the healing is repentance because not only did something bad happen to you but you have to repent for letting those negative thoughts take you over for living that lie all of your life. So we forgive others who who traumatized us or did things to us. We forgive the others, but there's the other part of the equation. We have to seek forgiveness because we have all along denied the Master and His love. Denied his victorious love for us and conquering freedom and healing that he has had available. So we must seek forgiveness for ourselves and repent. Lord, forgive me for holding on to that pain all these years. And listen, we will hold on to our pain as a victim because of pride. Because it's, it's more scary The thought of actually being free, of actually being whole, of actually changing is more frightening than being whole and being free and being changed. So we will hold on to that being a victim like some kind of badge, like we're some sort of war hero and got all these wounds. We'll hold on to it with all the pride in the world Because that's who we are. But that's not who you are in Christ. He came to set you free. He came to make you whole. And you must let go of your pride. Let go of that. Being a victim. And become totally submitted to the Master. And say, Master, mold me. Shape me. Create in me a new heart. And a new mind. I'm ready to be free. Because if you aren't ready to be free, then you're going to go through the same cycle. You're going to go through the same uh, experiences, the same circumstances, different faces, different people, but the same over and over and over. And every time you do, the rejection, the unforgiveness, the shame just gets fed Bigger and bigger, and you go deeper and deeper and deeper, and there'll be a point that you will have to come out and be set free or you will die. Amen. So, we, you, so the Lord gives us a choice to make the choice and say, No more devil, no more rejection, no more shame, no more unforgiveness. I am laid out. And I am yours, Master. Amen? Amen. So, we've got to have the alarm go off. When the negative thinking starts, when the negative feeling comes, whatever it is, let that alarm go off, that alarm bell. Hmm? Oh. (laughs) I don't want to have a fire. Or maybe we do on a fire. Amen. So we've got to have an alarm go off. You can't, you've got to take the time to do soul work. When the Lord shows you something, and He'll show you, He'll speak to you in, dream, in dreams. And in Job, okay, and Job, um, I think it's 33, 15, I'm not sure where it is, but the Lord will speak to us in our dreams. So pay attention to your dreams. When you wake up in the morning, Uh, Take a minute and write down, remember what you dream, because in those dreams are clues. Always submit to the Holy Spirit before you go to sleep. Lord, speak to me in my dreams. If you have a bad dream and a nightmare and and somebody from way back, uh, you know, that that, uh, you didn't even think you remembered that person, well, the Lord's trying to tell you you've got a soul tie that never got broke. So the Lord wants these things cut off of you, these soul ties. He wants these things broken off of you. So the Lord will speak to you. doesn't matter what the dream is. God will use it if you submit it to him and let him tell you, what does this mean? Where does my soul work need to come in? Because that's what we do here in Soul Shifters. We do soul work. We find the problem like a little virus. Like a computer program's got viruses, we find them and we go after them, amen? And we clean the house, amen? Praise God. Matthew 25, 21, it says, His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. We are going to share his happiness and we don't have to wait till we're in heaven. We can begin to experience his happiness now. Amen? Amen. I mean, I've seen so much happiness off of Mamie's face in the last several weeks. I mean, it's like she's shining. Amen? She's tapped into his happiness. Amen? That's what it's all about. No one else can take responsibility of your life your purpose, or your destiny other than you because God gave you this part right here. And if you will submit this and then submit all of these other areas to him, then he can show you your divine destiny, your divine purpose, what, you, what you, he planned for you, who he saw you. Before he sent you here, y'all had conversations. I mean, one time the Lord told me, I asked the Lord, Lord, why was I born this way? Why was I born in this situation? And this, and the Lord said, well, Zinni, we talked about this, and that's what you wanted. I said, really? And I, did you know that I never met my biological father until I was, well, I met him at 19 for about 10 minutes, and I ran out of there. But at 32... I, I was able to bring him into my home and take care of him. And he had been through a major, was I 32? No, I was, yeah, 19, 29, excuse me, I was 29. It was 10 years later. He had been in a serious, depressive state in Georgia Regional. They were fixing to do, um, fixing, that's my Southern, okay. They were, they were about to do, they were about to do shock treatments on him for depression and um, when I found out about it I went to the hospital and I walked in the room they said he had not spoken to any of his children he had not been able to communicate he had not would not tell anyone what was wrong he would not smile he would not communicate his depression was so severe that he was just completely dysfunctional and when I walked in the room I called him by name I said do you remember me because I'd met him at 19, and he said he looked up at me and he smiled. He said, I believe I do. And so for 10 years, he went into a depression because he had a child that he did not have a relationship with. And I didn't know how to have a relationship with him because so much fear had been put in me by people who said I would be rejected. So at um, when I was 29... Um, shortly after that, he came to live with me and I went to see him every day. He came, he, he would sit and talk to me for hours. He told me about the night I was conceived. He told me all the stories he would never tell his other children. (laughs) So I, you know, he just shared with me his life and I just listened with a loving ear and he, every day he would smile every day. He would look forward to me and he came right on out of that hospital. And then shortly after that, he got to live with me. And so I thought, for this reason, I was born. You know, this man needed me. He was 75 years old at the time. And here I am playing a part in his life. And he had gone through a whole lot of tragedy. And I thought, thank you, Jesus. But the Lord, you know, the Lord told me. I asked him one time. Because when I was young, I found out about him, and I thought, ooh, I was born out of some kind of sin, and I didn't like that idea. And um, I wondered, God, why? why is that? Why did you do that? But then when the story came full circle, then I thought, because I had Jesus all along, and this man needed him, he needed him. And I was able to show him the love of Jesus. And the forgiveness of Jesus. Amen. And the Lord told me. Don't you remember Zinni? We chose this. Okay. (laughs) We chose it. So. When you were in heaven. The Lord knew everything that was going to happen. He knows it all. It was all written down. And you played a part. In all the choices. That were made. And no matter how painful and how many times, you know, I thought, but God, I didn't choose this. I would never choose. Oh, but you know what? When you get healed and when you get whole and when you see that little, how that little liar, that little devil, that little crafty little critter, and he just, and you're free of him and you have total victory, then you know, wow, now you can be able to help somebody else. Hold their hand and bring them through amen amen Amen. so there's reason there's purpose accept responsibility for your life know that it is you who will get you where you want to go and no one else this is these are just quotes i find um so we have responsibility for our life we have to stop being a victim amen we have to stop coming up with excuses I heard um, Danny Johnson say, excuses are well-planned lies. (laughs) Yep. Responsibility. What are the abilities that God has given you? How well are you stewarding them? You see, the Lord has given you abilities. He's given you talents. He's given you dreams. He's given you hopes and visions and ideas. But the enemy often has kept us so shut down and we're not stewarding what God has given us. So we have to come out of this, what the enemy's been doing. Amen. And step into the call, step into the purpose, step into the destiny. Has God called you to be a leader? Of course he has. How are you taking responsibility for fulfilling the call? You see, you say, "Well, I might not be a leader i'm I'm kind of shy i'm 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 somebody that you know I've never been a leader, but the Lord has called you to be a leader. you have Christ in you, you have the leader, you have the king of kings, you are to have dominion, you are to set the boundaries how far the enemy can go. you are to establish righteousness in the earth." You are to take uh, destroy the works of the devil who's come to kill, steal, and destroy. You have purpose. You are a leader. You are a mighty, mighty warrior in Christ. Amen. Um, I remember one time the Lord showed me a vision of me being like a warrior, you know, like a warrior woman. <laughs> and I was like, wow. Am I really that? And I and, and I would have somebody come up to me and prophesy, you're a warrior in Christ. I'm like, I never saw myself as that. I was because I had such a victim mentality, you know, but he showed me, he kept showing me over and over, I'm a warrior in Christ. Amen. And the first the first thing that has to be uh won over is this right here <laughs> is the soul. We have to become the master of our soul in that we yield to the master. Amen? And not to the enemy and not to what he's saying. Amen? We got to yield to him. Amen? But sometimes you got to war because listen, when everything is raging in you and your emotions are triggered. Oh. Okay. All right. So, when all that's being triggered in you, and you feel like you're just going down the your, your emo- especially women, I mean we <laughs> when our emotions are in it, okay. oh, and then some of us it may be our intellect, you know reasoning back and forth, well, if I do this, if I do that, then this and that, and then you know we're always trying to figure it out. Oh my gosh, we've got to learn to yield to the master. I was reading uh the, this couple that teaches. Uh, children even, how to to be in touch with the Spirit. See, we have the Holy Spirit when we've invited Christ in our life. But they said that they use like this diagram that's called the bucket man. And they said it's like a bucket that uh, dips into the well. You know, we have living waters flowing from our spirit. Everything we need is in our spirit. So they would say the bucket is, if the bucket's in the head... Well, all that junk's going on, you know, with the fear or the reasoning, the intellect, the emotions or all the crazy affections that are out of out of perverted, <laughs> you know, through whatever. Then what we have to learn is to is send the bucket down to where the living waters are into the spirit. And I began to experience that a little bit. Um, I didn't really quite understand the difference of that but I began to experience that when I was getting married because the Lord had spoke to me and said um you're going to ha- you I have someone coming for you who's going to love you and love your children but you're not going to know it by any other way but by m- my spirit and I said Lord how's that going to be because surely there's got to be something I've got to be attracted to or they got to be a good person they got to have a good job you know, I got to be attracted to at least an earlobe. There's got to be something carnal, Lord. What do you mean just by your spirit? And the Lord said, "No other way, but by my spirit." I'm like, "How are you going to do that? How are you going to do that, God? I really didn't under I didn't quite grasp how he was going to do it." And then um I can remember the day of my wedding. All this soul was just working up all kinds of fears. All these emo- all this stuff was going on. And I was like, I learned how to say, but I remembered the spirit that had led me to this man. And so I tapped into the spirit. Lord, is this what I'm supposed to do? And the spirit was very confirming. Yes, this is what you're supposed to do. So I began to understand that feeling. There's a different feeling when you're hearing from the spirit than when your mind's all going in it your emotions and all this stuff amen there's a different connection so this couple talks about the bucket man you know how they take the bucket draw, let it drop down into the, the spirit where the living waters are and then ask your questions and then come up with your let the Lord tell you the answers amen oh yeah yeah Clark Oh, you have? Yeah, I've been using that. It really works with children, too. It really, really does. Awesome. Awesome. So we can learn that. We can learn how to be in touch with the spirit instead of all in the soul with our emotions, our intellect, our reasoning, our crazy affections, because all that gets entwined. And sometimes it's confusing when we don't know how to listen to the spirit. But the more we meditate on the Word, the more we know the Word, the more we know His Spirit, His presence, his, his, the more we worship, then we begin to recognize the Spirit. And there's a difference. There's a difference when you come out of the soulish realm into the Spirit. And that just comes with learning how to do that and practicing. Amen? Amen. So we want to do that. We want to... um. We want to tap into the spirit. All right. So, yes, God has called us to be leaders because Jesus is a leader. He's in us. You are called to be the leaders of the nations. You are called. And you think, me, little old me, you have a part. You have a part. Amen? Amen. Amen. And everything, every prayer, everything that you speak, everything that you think is actually doing something in the earth. It's either building the kingdom of darkness or it's building the kingdom of heaven. And you're bringing that on the earth. So what you say, what you think, how you're thinking, and what you do with your hands and your feet, you're either bringing the kingdom of heaven or you're bringing and building the kingdom of darkness. So it's our responsibility to bring the kingdom of heaven on earth. Amen. All right. So how are you taking responsibility to fulfilling that call? Many of us may not know what our call is. We've done uh, exercises where we got quiet in the spirit and went through a doorway and let the Lord show us things. And maybe one other night we'll do that again Um, But the Lord will show you how he sees you, what your call is. He'll give you a glimpse as you're ready. You know, because the Lord gives us bit by bit. When he told Joshua to take the land, he said, I'm going to give it to you a little bit at a time. Amen. So he'll show you a glimpse. And if you'll just hold on to that, or you may have somebody prophesy over you.